Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Hey guys, this is Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, and um, you're listening to and or watching to Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today, I have a real special guest, and that's Mr. Humberto Lopez. He's in the field of construction, real estate and development for over 40 years, man. And I mean, 40 years of doing this business. There is a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. He's probably been through, not probably, he's been through some um, ups and downs and he's seen some differences and and the good times, the bad times. He's seen money flow, the money system tightening and see i mean he's probably seen it all in 40 years that's a very long time to be in our in, in the business today he's one of the largest property owners and developers in brooklyn new york right to so the big city of new york and the surrounding neighborhoods he's helped develop red hook initiative and was a leader in bringing in the independent school bases to the neighborhood not only does he own the land and the school is built on but he's made sure he gave back to the community that he tirelessly fights to make better to giving to local students a full ride tuition every year. And that's just part of his story. And I'm going to, of what he's doing and who he is and what he does. And I'm going to um, just introduce you, sir. First of all, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for taking your time. A developer such as yourself, um, I know you're busy and I know you got a lot of things on your plate. And um, for taking this time to share your wisdom, share your knowledge with uh with the audience. We are really grateful for that. And um, go ahead and tell us a little bit how, man, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? But I know that you are originally, your your mom is originally from Puerto Rico. Your dad is originally from, from Portuguese. Tell us how does a, a young man, right, um, get into real estate and tell us a little bit about your story. How did this all begin? How did you become a developer? I, and it's also a pleasure and thank you to inviting me also into your uh, your show here. It's a very pleasure because I think that um, I have so much to give back yeah. to the Latinos that I want to start this in, in this way. My journey is going back when I was nine years old and younger when I was five years old. I had a vision of certain things, but also my father passed away when I was nine years old. So at a young age, and there were seven of us, I have seven brothers and sisters, and my father passing away, I would be with him when he was when I was five, six years old. When I can remember, you know, he would do some handyman work, but he was also a longshoreman. And he worked for the, the Longshoreman Association, the peers, unloading containers. You know, and at that time, it was unloading merchandise by, by hand and by, by picking it up and putting it on skids. So when he passed away, at nine years old, I basically became a man. I started working in a grocery store in the neighborhood and him doing handyman work gave me so much of an interest. Also, you know, my first thing that I, I started seeing was that how can I make my father proud of me? You know, as I was going along, it was devastating for me when my father passed away. So I didn't take that as a negative. I took it as to say, how do I make him proud of me? How do I continue? So there was the blessing of the Lord that they sent some, a, a friend of mine, a friend of my family. He had a little construction company, so he would be doing the renovations and stuff. So he would pick me up. He would get me in the weekends, wake me up. I would have to get up. You know, I'm a young kid. You know what I mean? I would go with him. I would help him. He would teach me how to do things. My first journey was construction. Um, and when I started with construction, I started learning to him. I started learning to a couple other people, you know how to fix walls, how to do kitchens, how to do bathrooms. The basic stuff is what I learned. You know, mind you, I'm still, I'm working in the grocery store. I'm still going to school. I'm trying to strive to keep on going. Um, th then I worked, I continued to work with him. And then as I, I fell in love with it, I fell in love with it because in construction, you're never in the same place all the time. You're a month here, three weeks here, a month here, a week here, you know, so you're always moving. So that gave me 
uh, how would I call it? Um, never being like a robot. You know, you were always moving. You're always doing something. So that taught me to move around. As I went from him, then I went to an Italian, Italian guy that I met also, and I started working for him. But mind you, I'm still going to school. I, I, I utilize, the biggest thing also is utilizing your time. You know, I didn't let time go by. So as I learned construction, that gave me the knowledge of also real estate. You know what I mean? And real estate was the love of me. I've always wanted to own property as I was learning. I remember I was 14 years old and I wanted to buy a lot. There was a lot for sale in Red Hook, you know, where I'm at. And at that time, this neighborhood was really bad and poor. It was really destroyed. And I think the lot was about $5,000, $4,000. And nobody would listen to me. And this is one of the reasons why I'm coming out and I'm coming on to all these uh, things to say, I want to give back to the young teenagers because a lot of them have a, a lot of vision. So not to get off track, I saw already that I learned that no one wanted to help me. But I had the desire and the strength within me to keep on going. So I learned more construction, more construction. So I had to wait until I was 18 years old to start my construction company. Because in New York City, in New York State, you have to open up a corporation, you must be at least 18 years old. So I had to wait. As the time is going by, I was working for a few people. Man, I was getting $35 a day, $50 a day. I was learning so much. I was more of not what I was getting paid. My knowledge was more of, can I get the knowledge from the person? And what can I learn from Smart, that person? Smart, wise, wise money young man. Money don't mean shit. And can, I, can I say certain words? Yeah, 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 yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, money don't mean shit. If you're trying to learn something, experience is priceless. These are priceless things. And if somebody's going to come to you and you got to work for nothing, work for nothing. Because mm-hmm. it will pay off. I am so blessed that I didn't care if I was getting I, I didn't care for the money. I cared for that guy teaching me. And I want to say, I only have a high school diploma. I only went to high school. Back in the 80s, Papa mm-hmm. will be that. I know the dinero, no hay nada. You know, you, <laughs> and I wasn't the smartest book smart guy. Straightforward. I, mm-hmm. I was good. You know, I was about, a, I would say, 75, 80 average. I wasn't the smartest guy, but I was the most common sense thing to say, wait a minute, that's no good. Wait a minute, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Wait a minute, that don't make sense. I'm not jumping off the bridge right away or jumping off the, the, the hill to jump in the water. No, 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 no. I was always conservative to step back, right? Mm-hmm. So as I was going, I started my first company, which was HL General Contractors. That company, I had to wait till I was 18. It was, it was January 6th or 8th, something like that. You know, uh, back in 19, I won't say the 1982, 83, because you're going to know how old I am, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. I started that company, you know, I bought, uh, you know, then I was on a, with a, a hand truck going to do handyman stuff. You know, I was still working and then I still had the knowledge and I was doing handyman work, you know, going to the neighbor, doing the, the room, doing compound work, you know, fixing windows, all these things that you start off with. And I used to work for nothing also. Again, I had to prove myself. I'm a, I'm a Latino in a, in, a, in a labor that is so hard. And, you know, and I'm saying to myself, how do I, and mind you, there's no Google, there's no cell phone, there's no, we, we, I think afterwards it came out the beeper, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So technology is not there, it's a dictionary, it's a book that you got to go to the library or, or to the store to buy. How do you frame a wall? How do you hang a door? You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, working for the people, it's so amazing looking back at it that the stepping stones, and it was the planning of not getting rich quick. You know what I mean? It was, okay, how do I do this? How do I better this, right? I got so many jobs as a handyman because once I did one thing for one person, it started now the person recommended me. The other person recommended me. Before you know it, my name was was worth so much as a word of mouth because at that time also was the yellow pages. Yep. You'd have to put yourself in the yellow pages, but you had to have the money. Mind you, I don't got money, man. I ain't got shit. I, I'm I'm doing a job. I'm buying a tool. I'm doing another job. And mind you, there was no Home Depot. No Home Depot yeah. at the time. You know what I mean? You're going to the supply house. You got to have mm-hmm. money or credit card. I'm a young kid, man. I'm 19 now, right? Mm-hmm. I started hustling so much and learning so much that I wind up going to get a van. At, at, at 18, at that same year in January, come March, April, 
I'm at an auction because back then they used to have a, a, an auction that you would buy the cars and vans. Mm-hmm. And there was a white van there with part of my name, H-U-M and B. And that was it. And then underneath it, it said roofing. I see mm. picture of that. And that roofing, and, and let me tell you something. In the auction back then, there was always like a ghost, you know what I mean? Where they'll raise the price real quick, mm-hmm. right? So I started off for $400. Remember, it was a Dodge van. And I started off for $400. And then before, you know, I turned around, oh, mira, coño, ¿qué pasó? It was already at $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the happened? Who the fuck? Who's buying this shit, man? Who eat that, papa? Who eat coño? So I, I, I got it. You know, I said, holy shit. I only had like seven, eight hundred dollars in my pocket, but my hand went up already. I gave a deposit. The guy said, listen, I know you ain't got all the money. No problem. I didn't even have money for the insurance. And I'm like, oh, shit, how do I do this? The guy at the auction says, listen, give me the three, four hundred dollars. You got I'm going to give you a few days to come back. Right. And then I said, but I got to get plates. You know, I'm learning. I'm I'm 19 years. I'm learning Mm -hmm. this thing. Right. I don't know how to register a car, a van. Mm-hmm. So I go, the guy says, listen, go see the guy on Fourth Avenue. There's a guy that can help you out, right? Some uh, RNC, something uh, insurance, right? Man, the good thing was that I approach people in a different way. I approach them to help me and say, guide me. I don't know what I'm doing, but can you please guide me? Back then, you can trust the person to guide you because they knew already that they had a sense of like whatever I met with a lot of people, they had a sense I was for real. I was doing something and I was doing something good. You know, I wasn't selling drugs. I wasn't doing nothing bad. I was looking to do a business. And mm, people mm-hmm. admired that, that I was a young kid. Because a lot of people don't listen to 19 year olds. You know I mean, they, you know, back then, you know what I mean? Even you now. Know, that little thing of like, you don't really know much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy says, listen, go to Fourth Avenue. There's a guy named uh, Michael, I think his name was. He's going to help you out. And I had $125 in my pocket. That was what's left, right? And I stole all the money in the, in the truck. And the guy, I went to the guy, and the guy says, listen, it's about three, $400 back then. You know what I mean? And that was a lot of money. That was like $1,000 you know, mm-hmm. today's time. You need a, you know, $100-something. Dollars, you need the motor vehicle. You need the plate, blah, blah, blah. He says, listen, I got about $125. He says, you know what? Give it to me. I'll lay it out. You sign the paper that you owe me the money. And I'll get you your plates and all. And I'll give you a, you know, a few weeks to come back and pay me. That's the blessing of what you, I had of God helping me. I struggle so much that I cried at night sometimes. Because you don't know. I, I had no one to help me. I had no one to advise me. Just my gut feeling that I want to be successful. I want to make my father proud of me. And I want him to do this business. And not having no one to look up to. I, I, you know, I cried at night. I swear to God, it was so hard to figure this out. You know what I mean? And then I take the truck. I get the plates. I had, was doing a little job already. I pay the guy at the truck. So I get my truck out. I get my plates. I happened to go to Brooklyn to finish that little job that I had, right? With my tools in my little truck already. And then all the time guys coming down the block. I'm in the truck and he, I shut the door and he sees the roofing. It's all. He's talking Italian, but I'm growing up in Italian and Irish, you know, a mixed neighborhood. I learned languages. I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I do the roof. Yes. So I go to this house around the corner. Mother of God, this roof was probably about 80 feet long. Uh, I gave him a price of 2500 Back then, the dude said, the job is yours. You're a young guy. I, I want you to get the job. I had to find a helper. Because now you're four stories up, and these rolls are 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And let's go. The guy was helping. That helped me such a blessing with that on that truck that I was able to get that money, pay that guy back, pay that guy back, and go buy a sozo. And go buy another tool. And I mm. had some money in my pocket so that it can continue. Then I was able to take some of that money and buy the advertisement, right? So the construction, it was my gift and that talent that I had to make me now year, a couple of years later, which is only probably two years later. I think I was about nine, 20, 20. I think it was around 20 years old. I bought my first piece of property down in Red Hook. Mm-hmm. 
shocking a lot of people because a lot of people don't, again, it's so negativity, but you don't look at it that way. You need to be strength. The self-esteem that I have inside me, even to today, I mean, I don't give a shit. I don't have competition. I don't think of nobody but myself of how I can bring it up. So I look at this warehouse because now the construction company keeps on going, right? So I said, I need a warehouse. And make a long story short, I meet a guy in Red Hook, a friend of mine. He said, hey, listen, that guy, uh, Vito, is selling a warehouse, right? So now I got a couple of thousand dollars now saved, right? So I go and talk and I see, I said, wow, this can help me out, you know? But mind you, Red Hook is still the barrio. There's a bad the hood. area. Right? Mm-hmm. Shooting, stabbing, killing, you know, that's the, that's the normal. Normal. Okay, I'm going this way. I stayed away from everybody, right? So I speak to the guy. At that point, I think I paid $135,000 for both of them back then. But I needed the location because sometimes real estate, you need to understand there's a need and a want and is it necessary, right? The garage was a, a, a need for me because I need to put trucks. You know, I bought the truck and I had equipment. My company's growing and you need to put your, your stuff somewhere because in New York City, you can't stay outside with this stuff. Oh, no. Especially in Red Hook in that time. Talking to the man and again, Again, is how I carried myself and said, listen, I don't got this money, but I can promise you that I can do something. And mind you, again, there's no banks that are looking. This is why I started learning about financing because real estate is one part, but you need the back end. Mm-hmm. The back end was the construction. That taught me a lot to how to look at a building. You know, I started meeting architects. I started meeting engineers. I started learning so much how to read blueprints, right? So when I bought this, when I went for these two properties, they, they, were, they were a mess. You know what I mean, nothing good. You know what I mean? But it was a location for me. I was able to t- convince the owner to take, I think it was five, six, seven thousand dollars down and hold the mortgage. So when he held the mortgage, and at that time, you got to remember back, this is already in the 80s, middle 80s and stuff. I think the interest rate was 12%. Mm. You know, because remember, mm-hmm. I, I've faced already recessions. I've already faced a lot of these three times already, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where my, 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 I'm Google. <laughs> I'm the guy that can mm-hmm. teach you the things the real way it happened. Because this is, I'm only, everything that I speak about is me, me doing it. Not some book that I did. It's me mm-hmm. passing through this experience to give your audience to understand. Conyo, I did this this way. And this is how I did it. Not yep. that I'm going to say it works for you. What works mm-hmm. for me might not work for you. But the knowledge I'm giving you is at least an idea to open up doors to say, how do you open this door that's closed? This door's yep. closed. How do I open it? How do I speak? How do I get my message across to see that I reverse it, that they can help me? And I, as a young kid, that's what I did with him. I showed him, I said, listen, I'm good for this. I can afford to pay you. My company's growing. I'm hiring more employees, but I need this help. There's no bank that's going to lend me money. Right? Look, that. Mm-hmm. They didn't lend money not good for the good neighborhood. Mahinate over there, right? Mm-hmm. The guy said, listen, I'll take the, I had to think I had to get another couple of thousand. He says, I'll take that money you got. We'll do it a down payment. I'll hold the mortgage. And I'll hold the mortgage for 15 years with a 30-year amortization. Mm-hmm. So lower the payments, but it gave me a good breakout. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, I cried. I was blessed that at least this man understood what I was doing, understood that what I was trying to um, accomplish, right? And um, the, the whole idea of getting him to open up that door for me, now I have to look for a lawyer. Because now you need a lawyer, you know what I mean? And New York City is not a, just a, t- a title company. It's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lawyer state. The whole state, it's a lawyer state. Lawyer state. It's all lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe Buffalo might have title company. Because you're all the way up there in Buffalo mm-hmm. and Binghamton, you might have a title uh, company. Mm-hmm. But as a lawyer, I had to find somebody that can listen to me and, and, and do mm-hmm. this. Um, I found a, a friend of mine that recommends, hey, listen, there's a guy on Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn. He'll probably help you out. He's an older fella. 
It was name was uh, Milton Weinstein. Hell of a man. I, I blessed him. He he was so good to me. Again, I I fell into someone after going to a few of them, and you listen to people. The whole idea of certain things in business, general, no matter what it is, is feeling the person, feeling the vibe that that person's throwing out, uh, feeling if he's full of shit, plain English. If he's giving you this this vibe to, that he's telling you so many things and, and and it's not good. And now today we got Google. You can always find out what a person's lying to you. And that's the truth. This man guided me. He says, you need to have a corporation. You know what I mean? This type of business is a C-corp, right? So I, I started learning about corporations because again, you can't have a construction company and you know have a construction company. So I did the construction company. When, then I did the real estate. I went back. He helped me out with the real estate. We did the. He did a mortgage. He did the 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 uh, the closing, the whole thing, a title company, the research of the of the building. There's a lot that goes into it in New York City. We closed. I think my payments were was about seven hundred dollars a month in mortgage payments, which was perfect for me because at that time, mind you, you're still back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on a high interest rate, but the normal interest rate. Back then, I think it was 15. Yikes. Uh, 15%. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Yikes. Uh, 12%, 15%, you know, 8%, you know, because the percentage was still at that time, you know. Uh, and then the recession hit. I think it was mm. in 87, 86, right around there. Mm-hmm. And Mind you, I'm still going. I'm still buying. I was still buying property, but the construction slowed down. So that hurt me because that income was really what I generated to live off of and also um, pay and expand. You know what I mean? Buy and expand. I happened to buy another truck. That's when I learned what recession meant and what it meant to fall apart. And, you know, the back in that time, I had already purchased one of my first homes because that was a garage. And now I'm up to buying a two family house, a small little wooden frame, two family house. And I'm buying this two family house. And it's, a, it's again, I meet this gentleman. I'm, see, you search, you find, you look, you'll find. That's what the Bible says. That's what the great book says. If you seek, ye shall find. That's it. And, if you and knock, the door shall be open. That's right. And, and, I find things of my own theories of what I say that worked for me. I'm on this block. I'm doing work on this block for another lady. And I see this house. I I look up and I see, I see the windows all dirty. You know, I see the front is dirty. I see, you know, you know, weeds growing. I said, what's up with this house? It's okay. You know, and then I go back again, two days later, I'm still working in the lady's house. And then I see, of course, a guy opening up the door and going to the house. And I say, hey, listen, you know, you want to, first I said, if you want to fix the house, because you know, I'm construction. He says, no, I want to sell the house. I said, okay. This might work out. You know what I mean? So I started talking to the gentleman, you know, going back and forth with him. I says, you know, can I take a look at it and look at the house? I knew a little bit about construction already. You know, I already started going up on the level of construction because there's different levels, right? So I was starting to go up um, in the construction part. So I walked in the door and I saw already it was a mess. So what we call that is a gut rehab, right? Mm-hmm. You got to gut the place and rehab the whole thing. So that's when I learned mathematically my mistake. There was unforeseen things. Mind you, I'm only got a couple of years of construction. You open up the door, you think, ah, that's okay. She rock here. You put sissy patchy here. Uh-huh. This, a papa with termites, mm. you know, rats, roaches, everything rotten, plumbing rotten. I said, Oh shit, this isn't over my head. So the blessing was that I was able to continue doing work. I met him again. I spoke to him. I said, Listen, you he was acting like a hundred thousand at the time. I said, Listen, I can get you 75,000, but again, I would need you to hold a mortgage. I can't do this. There's, again, there's no bank. You know, mm-hmm. back then, there's no bank. And especially something that's vacant. You're not stabilized. Mm-hmm. There's no money coming in. 
Mm-hmm. My company was doing okay, but I didn't have a good tax return because I'm mm-hmm. still buying stuff. I'm still buying equipment. I'm still buying tools. You're building. You know? You're building, building your business. Yeah. Um, and I'm, listen, sometimes I had no money to even eat. You know, it's, this is the way it is. I just said, Conyo, God, just give me the strength to wake up in the morning and let me keep on going to see how I can come out of this. You know what? And to give strength. It, it, that is the biggest thing in business is the strength within yourself and the self-esteem. And just forward, this man winds up giving it to me at 75000 I think it was, or 80000 with about $10,000 down, and he held the mortgage. Mm-hmm. He held the mortgage. At that time, it was starting to break down a little bit, and I think he held the mortgage at 8%. Seven and a half, eight. You know what I mean? So if I, I bought at 80, if I'm not mistaken, I put 10, so I had a, a $70,000 mortgage. Because closing costs again, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't predict for that. I didn't budget for that. Mm-hmm. These are unforeseen things that you're not experienced with. I have no one I can turn to to talk to, because at that time, how do you say it? You know, the family, the friends that you think that you can get advice from, but then I learned that that advice is not advice; it's an opinion. It's just all the negativity. Mm-hmm. All that I learned, the guy who I'm talking to had more fear than anything else to take a challenge and, and, and take that one step. So I learned earlier, you know, into this so many years into it, I said, why am I listening to that guy? Why mm. am I talking to him? Because I learned to say, oh, Papa, how many houses you got? No, ah. Powerful, you learned that early, brother. Yeah, I'm like, he fixes everything, I don't fix nothing. So I saw that mindset of where they're at and that cycle of where we're at, you know, that they're in. And I said, wait a minute, that don't make no sense. How are you going to build something? You know, at the same time, I actually started looking at the, the Rockefellers, the Kennedys. They had magazines, you know, when you went to the store. Remember, mind you, you don't got no social media stuff. No right? internet, yeah. No internet. Now in the, a little bit in the 90s, you got the, the, the magazines, you know what I mean? That were very popular and in the newspaper. And then I started learning about them and the books that they, they used to have, right? Mm-hmm. I said, well, how do you do it? You know, I read a little bit. And then how these people develop wealth. It's a different thing of rich. And another thing is wealth. Mm-hmm. How they started buying property. How they started renting it, right? And mind you, how you start doing that in the early ages uh, uh, that I want to not lose track of it is the wealth, right? So that was always in the back of my mind to learn about wealth, known to be rich, but also learning to be wealthy, right? So in that stage of the game is to be wealthy. Um, So I'm learning. I go back to, as I'm doing this house, so let's go back to the first house I bought. It was a wreck. I, I learned to now, you know, as in the construction, I hired an architect. The architect did the drawings, the structure work, the foundation that I had to fix, the steel work. I am so blessed that I had other jobs going. Learning the construction that I learned and getting the architect, right? Doing all of that, getting that house. And that was my first house and my first wreck, train wreck. You know what I mean? It was just, okay, I learned this. Then I also was at the time I, I stepped up in construction a little bit more because I learned about subcontractors. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. So I'm learning all of this. You got to get a licensed plumber. You get a licensed contract, uh, a licensed electrician. Um, I stepped up where I got to get a permit. So I wound up having going to school in the sense of the, the uh, sector of not, uh, it's like a trade where you have to learn in the city, in the city of New York, you have to have requirements which are still there. So I started getting my GC license, my home improvement license, you know, because I want to be legit. So luckily Mm -hmm. I had all that stuff and I was able to get a permit, a construction permit for the building. Then I wound up getting the plumber, the electrician. And mind you, I still have work going and then I'm dumping everything in there, dumping in there. I was able to renovate the top floor first because I figured, let me get the top floor first. Let me draw income. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I wound up renting that apartment for $1,000 because it was down by the train. I did a beautiful two-bedroom apartment with a little balcony in the back, total renovation, 
And what I did back then, I learned through the plumber. He said, listen, let's put a separate unit for heating and hot water and cooking gas for them separate. Let them pay that bill. Then advice that came, advice mm-hmm. that was advice, not an opinion. I said, Papa, let's do it. Because it's, yeah, but is you going to spend an extra five thousand, four thousand? I said, no, no, it's okay. It's an investment. Makes sense. I don't have that bill anymore. Yeah. You want heat? Bet it. Put that mm-hmm. up. As much mm-hmm. as you want to work in 80 degrees, 75, I ain't paying for it, so I ain't got no problem. Mm-hmm. That learning experience was such a blessing because when I did, rented that out and then we finished downstairs, I rented that out. It was a duplex, three-bedroom, four-bedroom duplex, two baths, wash and dryer. I hooked that a place up. And I have a model in my way of renting apartments, and I have hundreds of apartments everywhere, right? If I cannot live in it, I'm not renting it. Mm. If it's a shit box, no, don't rent it. Leave it alone. Because you're going to have a problem to get the rent. That person's going to move in, and three months from now, he's, 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 he's the worst. And, he's, and he'll have the rights to a lot of things because you do have it a mess. So I learned from that. I fixed the place up good. I think I was getting the downstairs. It was about probably $1,500, $1,600 a month. And what I did was I rented it to college guys, roommates. Mm. Because a family at that time couldn't really afford it. But roommates that were together and they were in college further down in downtown Brooklyn, I rented it to three of them or four roommates, which was separate bedrooms. I think I got $1,600 at the time. And I got 1000 upstairs, right? So that was about, about $2,600, $2,700 a month. But mm-hmm. again, I didn't have the overhead of the heat. It's an amazing return at a $75,000 purchase price. That's yeah. a crazy return. Yeah. And this is back then. This is in the 80s. Already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then think of this. Then I stabilized it. And then I went to the bank and got and I remortgaged it. My so you did a you did the burst strategy when it wasn't even when it didn't even exist. It didn't exist. <laughs> and, and, and I went to what I called the bank. I used to call it the Jewish mob, because this bank was uh, Greenpoint. They don't exist anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I remember Greenpoint Bank. Yeah, Greenpoint Bank. They were the I model. remember them. Model. Yep. Listen, a point for this, you pay me mm-hmm. this, you pay me that. It's okay. Don't worry. It's, it's <laughs> right? No problem. I got in good with them. You know what I mean? And the strength of Whitney to keep on going, and this is where the beginning started. I'm telling you the beginning. And when Greenpoint said no problem, mind you, it was a cash flow and what my business was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was the blessing. I was able to pay the balance of the mortgage because it was still early. It was less than 15 years. I paid him off. I stabilized everything. And I had a little couple of dollars. I had about $600 a month, $700 a month from my pocket after mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. which was a blessing because I wasn't even thinking I was going to get that. And that was the beginning. So now I got my bills getting paid there. I'm getting about six, $700. Then it went to $800, you know, today I get 11,000 a month and I got no mortgage on it. Mm, on the same property. Same property. I, that is you so still amazing. own it. Amazing. These are, but, these, are, these are sentimental things to me that if God gave me that, that open, that opportunity to buy that. And now I got no mortgage because at that time the rents kept on escalating. And this escalating. Yeah. I don't understand. Sometimes you got to do things and think of what's the future. The future. Flip something, then you think one way. If you're going to build wealth and you're going to build strength in a portfolio, you don't sell. You need to know what to sell and what not to sell. Because a portfolio is something long-term. Banks right now, right now, this today, if you don't have a stabilized portfolio, they're not going to be interested with you too much. You're going to be at a high risk for them. So that means you're not getting 70% or 65% of value. You're going to get 55%. Mm. They're not going to be giving out money. You know, the time today, I won't talk about what's going on today. But I, I want to touch on that with you a little bit. I want, yeah, I want, no, I want I to get you. I want exactly to, what's going on with that. I want, to get, I want to get your insights on that. First, first of all, you gave us such, that's such an amazing story. But I want to bring it to today, right? Now, you got all of these years of experience. You got 40 years of experience. Now you're a big developer, the biggest developer in Red Hook, Brooklyn, up there. Um, and, and by the way, thank you for giving back to the community. I grew up in New York City, Washington Heights, and um, I'm grateful to guys like you that are giving back to our communities and still there and still. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you're here and that 
my hopes is that young men and women in those communities are listening to this podcast so that they can get inspired and see that with hard work, determination, mindset, grit, they can get to where you are. Um, so I want to thank you for that. Thank you for really for sharing that from the, the mi corazón, bottom of my heart. First of all, what was your biggest lesson going through that? You was a young guy, so you really didn't know. I mean, you you experienced your first recession. You was in real estate, your first deal. What what was the biggest lesson now as a mature investor, a big developer, right? Doing big things in, in New York City. And what advice would you give to yourself today, knowing what you know, to your to your to the 21, 22 year old version of you? Well, let's go backwards. Because part of that recession, I had a few buildings that I owned at that time and I had them empty. And I didn't have no income coming in. What I learned was never extend your arm too long. Never expand too far. Stick within your means. Because what I had at that time in the, in the second, in the, that other recession that came afterwards was I had a few properties and I had no income whatsoever because the construction company was coming in, bringing money in. And I had a few properties that I was bringing in, but I had too many I bought in the sense of that they were vacant, right? Uh I extended myself so far that I could have destroyed myself in the sense of go to nothing because they would have taken them back because I couldn't pay the mortgage. I put a strategy together and I cried to say, how did I do this? So to the answer your question, I will not do that today. Where we're in right now, Mm -hmm. the math is the biggest thing for me. I don't care what it is because in New York City is one of the most lousiest states to be in to invest in right now and buy, and I say it with my heart, because there's so much things that are against you in New York City and New York State, with the politicians that we have and the way they think that landlords are no good and they're bad, and you know that they don't understand that this is two part to mm-hmm. it. You know, I won't get into it, because everyone thinks that the rents are went up, and yeah, you know what? No, we're familiar. Down. We're familiar with yeah. what's happening in New York and California. New York yeah. is a brutal state to buy, man. It's a brutal I, I, I told people in, in some of the things, don't even think they come to me because, you know, I, I have a large real estate company also. And they come to me. I said, no, some people come to me to sell their big buildings. You know, the 50, the hundred unit See. buildings. Mm-hmm. No, no, Papa, I won't even list it for you. I won't even put it on my, my, my listing, my brokers or my salespeople that I have. Why? Because what I've learned in the past, it's a cycle. It repeats mm-hmm. itself. Right. And the cycle is very vicious and bad and it has no mercy on no one. I don't care who the hell you are, you will get chewed up and eaten up. So a lot of stuff is a gut feeling, right? Here now, in the bigger buildings that we own, remember, I'm a different level of, of real estate, right? Yes, sir. The big, big buildings that we own, I'm governed. I can't raise your rent. I can't say, hey. And this year in July, this lovely mayor of us, didn't, mayor, did not tell nobody he raised the property taxes. Mm. A lot of my property tax went up. 13%, 15%. Holy smokes, 80%. man. Whoa. I got property tax. Some of my buildings are 250000 a year. Just on Whoa. property tax. I got property tax that's 400000 right? So you raise me 13%. That's a lot, man. A lot of money that you raise 13% me. 13% is a lot. And now, obidate. And now, how do I do? Uh, and I'm a little loud about this. It's so upsetting to me. Yeah, I got it. What do you think it. I do? I pass it on to the tenants. They come of course. Tenants. They got to pay for it. Bad. Someone pays for it. And it ain't you. It ain't me. It's got to be the tenant because it's a business we're running. So it's so sad. Later on in time, when I, I, I have some more time on it, you know, I will go into the political world to see you recycle, you reverse that. But getting back to your question, because I don't want to get off track. The, the, the whole idea of now, we are going into the recession, right? Everybody's getting saying it's recession, this and that, but a lot of money's being spent, right? Which is okay, but I'll only speak about this state. This state, most of those big buildings, I don't recommend for people to buy them because they got locked in the rent. That's it. The rent mm-hmm. is, I got free market apartments. And you know, one of my videos, you'll see, I spent $70,000 in my construction money from my company to do the apartments, right? One big 20 family, right? Today, if I had that same building today, the rent guidelines is 15000 to give you $35. 15000 renovation, which you know very well, it's only your bathroom, right? Yeah. So mind you, you got an old house, an old big apartment building. 
You spend $15,000 to renovate, and I give you, the city gives you $35 a month increase. That is a joke. You can't, you can't do, make money. You can't, you can't run a profitable business with those numbers. No. They just don't work. No. And on top of that, he raised the property taxes. And what else did we get? The oil price. We're at yep. $5 a gallon. Diesel is $7 a gallon. Mm-hmm. That property cost me $40,000 for E. When two years ago was 20,000, 18,000, right? We were two, two, $3 a gallon. So these are, the, these are the overheads. These are the things that at a certain small scale, I advise a lot of people, get yourself a two-family, a three-family. If you're in New York, five, five family and under. Do not mm-hmm. get the six. It's the next level. If you're ready for it, you got a good deal, you got a good mortgage on it, yes. And the biggest thing, do you have the experience for it? You have to have a little bit of experience on it to know how to get to that property. So your question number one, no. I stand back. Cash is king. I don't give a shit who says anything. You know, whoever these other guys are saying, no, don't have cash. No, 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 no. You need money in your pocket for that great deal to come up to buy. You need money in your pocket for when that tenant moves out. How you cover that? Mm-hmm. Mind you, it's only a three family. How you cover the spread? There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that come into a mathematic world. Your heating courses are going up, right? So question one, what I learned in the past, you know, when the 2008 came, uh, I bought maybe 15 properties, <laughs> 10 of them alone in Florida. Because mm-hmm. I also have my office in Florida. I have an office there and I do the same thing in Florida. I bought, I think, 10 in Florida. And I think I bought four here in New York. So yeah, cash means a lot. I'm buying this stuff at a discount rate. I'm mm-hmm. buying it at 50 cents out of the dollar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I've built my portfolio bigger. So the, the way of doing things is understanding how you move on the rents, you move on certain things. And yes, the interest rate goes up, the value of the property goes down. What are you seeing all of these years of experience that you have, Humberto, in construction and real estate, doing it successfully? In New York, man, I, my hat goes off to you, brother. Salute you for that. Because holy smoke, I was just talking to my mom yesterday. Um, <laughs> she called me and we, we were on the phone and I said, she, we were talking about the rent in New York and all of that. And I said, ma, no me pueden dar un edificio en New York and me buy it. I said, me lo regalan y no lo cojo, right? I won't take it, right? You give it to me just because your rules in New York are so difficult. I evict a tenant here in Pennsylvania, a non-paying, of course. No one likes to evict people. I'm, you know, I come from poverty too. We both grew up in tough neighborhoods, poor. And no one, you know, when I have to evict someone, I just think of, you know, my family, my people, right? What I went through. And I'm like, shit, it's painful to do this. However, it's irresponsible for someone not to take care of their rents. And I'm running a business, like you said, right? And I said, Ma, you can't give me, because she was telling me how they increased her rent. And, and, and And I'm like, Ma, they increased your rent, but you realize they only increased it 1%. When I put it in that perspective, she was like, they can't do this and they can't do that. They increased this one. I said, Ma, give me the numbers. And when I did the numbers, I said, Ma, it's 1.5%. You realize it's not a lot of money. You realize that gas is going up. You realize tax is going up. You realize realize what gasoline costs. You realize this, right? And then put it in perspective for her, right? Um, and I and I and I, you know, I pay for my mother's rent. I take care of my mom. My mom, bless I'm blessed you. today, gracias a Dios, that I mm-hmm. that I'm able to do that for mom. Um, and she was kind of complaining about that to me. And I was putting this right, I can't take it, right? So I salute you for that. Um, for doing business in New York, because man, it's a tough state to do business in. It's not, it's not an investor-friendly state, it's not a business owner-friendly state. And um, I'm from New York, and it's like, hey man. I'm not going to go play there. <laughs> I'm not going to go play there. What do you see in this coming recession? How bad do you see it for real estate? What are you doing to prepare? And um, what advice would you give someone like myself? Um, that's a bit, you know, not a, not in where you are, but I'm on the journey to get to developing and things like that. Or what would you, what advice would you give to someone that's listening that maybe hasn't had their done their first deal? There's always, there's never a right or bad time, right? Mm-hmm. It's just how you put the plan together of what you're buying, right? Mm-hmm. If you're buying a, a one to two, a three family, you know, and it's going to be a flip is one thing. If you're going to buy and hold is another thing. So if you're starting your portfolio, I would suggest that, listen, buy a two or three family. Because look what it is. Uh, 
20 something years later, 25 years later, I, f- I even forgot the number of my first, a lot of my properties, the small ones that I bought back then, I have no mortgages on none of them. And I will not remortgage them because I've mm-hmm. already done that. And now it's time for it to give back to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of my portfolio, mind you, I, I, I own four square blocks in New York City. And I just bought another block on Fourth Avenue in Brooklyn. Beautiful. I love so, it. I, I'm talking about you can walk from one corner down the block around to the next corner, up the block, and back around the other corner. Right? It's all yours, brother. It's all mine. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. In New York City. In New York City. Love and it. Just last year, I just did another deal on 4th Avenue on 25th Street, and I bought the whole block, except for one little building, the Chinito no quería vender. He didn't want to sell. <laughs> I said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. So I'm buying from 24th Street to 25th Street, the whole entire block, all seven pieces of property, and going down the block. But the answer to that, that's a big scale. You know what I mean? That's $20 million. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a different scale of things. But I'm going back to the, the little things, right? Understand that most of these things are done by mathematics and taxes. You see, a lot of things that people fail on is going backwards on the soft costs. Let's call it soft costs. What's your soft costs? Your property tax, your water and sewer, your insurance. People forget about insurance. Their yep. That's sometimes five thousand dollars, twenty thousand. I got insurance at fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Some of my buildings, right? So if you don't figure that that equation in there, it's going to eat from your rent and your, your cost. But as a, if I'm buying a home, I'm a first time guy, and it's not for me to live in because this is where the confusion goes. An to. investment, yes, an investment. investment. Let's talk about that. Not on the, I want a three family. Most of the stuff I would look for, but again, it depends on my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a two family or a three family. But to me, a three family, somebody moves out, the other two covers you. You understand? You learn. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you got three incomes. It's easy to get a mortgage. It's easy to sell. Because mm-hmm. if the shit hits the fan and you can't handle it, what could you do with it? You sell it. And you uh, sell it for a game. You know what I mean? And you move to the next one and, and see all the mistakes you've made. But most of the time I tell people, get yourself a three family. You know what I mean? Where you're going to rent them out. Even in Florida, even in Jersey, get yourself something that has multiple incomes out of it, right? Um, some of them have a retail store, you know what I mean? Which is still good. That's a different level of real estate. Mm-hmm. Different levels. Construction and real estate, there's all different levels, right? So in that sense, I tell people why. You're going to be easy to remortgage it. You'll get qualified quicker because they're basing it upon the income of the building. Income-based right? approach, yes. You got the money coming in. What's your expenses? You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, the, if you're going to do the maintenance to the place. You're going to do the little stuff, the cleaning. You know what I mean? You got Google to show you how to fix a toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got Home Depot to help you. Stuff I didn't have, right? So that's going to help you with the soft cost of running that building. But when you look at a building... One is to, 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 to see the condition of the building because I've learned that from the hard way. I bought a building. I saw the door. I went inside. I took everything okay. No, that was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So learn the building. If it's a wooden frame, you better get the termite guy in there. You better get all your house inspections. Don't waive your rights to that because you know what you're buying? <laughs> it could be a, a nightmare, right? So you look show, at yeah. that and look at the soft course. What's going to cost you? And then most of the time, I recommend people to start an LLC. If you're in New York City and some of these other states, start an LLC. Protect yourself. Protect your asset, right? They put it in there. Don't deed it to your name. Put it in the LLC. It's easy to control, and it's all the deductions you get. You know what I'm saying? Then putting in your personal name. Mm-hmm. You, God forbid something happens. Somebody gets hurt in that building. Somebody, Anything happens, it's separate. It's not in your name. They can't, they can't go after you personally. Mm-hmm. Especially in New York City. Yeah, Humberto, another question for you. Last and final question. Um, what what do you project is going to happen in this recession? Some are saying worse than 08. Some are saying depression. Some are saying not nothing's going to happen. I mean, you're a man with a lot of experience, many years of doing this, having, having been around the block a few times. You're a math guy, a numbers guy, because you've mentioned it a couple of times here in this interview that numbers are numbers and numbers and numbers. Live and die by the numbers. Um, what do you project 
in your per- professional, your your crystal ball, right? Um, what do you see in this upcoming um, recession, correction, whatever uh, you may want to call it? I think I've been through three of them. The first one and a half killed me. The, the one in 2008, I, I, I knew already what to do. So I'm ready, again, to be ready. Cash came, right? But here's what could happen two ways. I'm watching not only – I'm not watching – I'm watching the stock market a little bit to know what goes on there because that mm-hmm. dictates everything. Absolutely. That, that dictates the most. And why people don't understand this, let me clearly clarify what I look at. I look at the stock market because if everybody's losing their money there, that means people are going to get unemployed. That means they can't pay their rent. You got to watch that domino effect. That's right. Get that domino effect, the whole thing. That's right. If you look at it the other way, if the interest rate stays where it's at right now, and it goes up maybe another 25 basis point. If we start to see, because a lot of banks right now not that I do business with, they're at six and a half, mm-hmm. six, six mm-hmm. almost seven, right? If you go up and the, the Fed raises that interest rate and they go up to four, five, and this side, the bank's got to make money, then this side is eight, nine. We got a major problem. Major problem. Hold your money. Watch what you're doing. Because you have to wait for that to go up. When that interest rate goes up, prices drop down. Right, so it's going down, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to wait. Don't be in a rush to get screwed. Don't be in a rush to lose your money. Because then you'll have to wait four or five years for that cycle to come back up for you to bail out. For you to get out, yeah. Get your money back. So don't do it that way. It's a mathematic thing. Again, I say it. Interest rates keep on going up, keep on going up. Wait. You got to wait now, then the price drops. Because remember, the income that's coming in has to now cover that spread. So, if, and then the value, because personally, I went to remortgage a couple of my buildings and I had already locked in rates and I was blessed. But now if I go to remortgage something right now, I'm at four and three quarters, 5%, even at my level. But, okay. Mm-hmm. So the other guy is not going to be at that level. It's going to be in a higher rate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watch the pricing, interest keeps on going up, step back for a minute. Let that hit to the peak, right? Watch the prices of the real estate go down because they have to mathematically match. The mm-hmm. value goes down on it, right? Then I would say buy. Stop. Mm-hmm. Keep on, but never stop looking. Never stop looking. If you're looking, do not stop. You will know that, oh, shit, that guy's in trouble. Because the guy who bought it and had a lot of things that are going to come are the guys that have adjustable rates. That's right. Back in 2006, that's, right. that's what happened. You had these adjustable rates. You had this Mickey Mouse freaking mortgages that I don't want to curse, that you had 70% on this one and 35% on this way, and you left the closing, especially in Florida, with a check, right? Yep. So now you're at 110% finance. LTV, your, yeah. Your, your adjustable rate pops to eight. The whole thing. Brother, pero como la gente... Como la gente no se dieron cuenta. How did people not freaking like that's common sense? You know, I'm like you. I didn't I didn't go to college. I don't have a college degree. I'm a real common sense guy. Just like to yeah. process it. Like, hey, I used to be the by the way, I was the mortgage guy back then. I was okay. and I I remember telling my team, like, hey guys, like we're giving a three hundred thousand dollar loan to someone that's making forty thousand dollars a year. This is not sustainable long term. Like I knew it, but I was too young and I was too immature. I was making a lot of money and I made my mistakes there. That it was like, I wasn't thinking future and I wasn't thinking, okay, how do I prepare? I didn't know what you're sharing right now. I didn't know like, hey, this domino effect is going to be opportunities. I made so much money and I spent all that money and, you know, made those mistakes. And mm-hmm. and this time around, I'm heeding to what you're saying because I'm thinking along the same way. When do you know that the interest rates peaked? Because you said that a couple of times. Wait until that thing is, don't stop looking, but wait until that thing is at its peak and then go by. Well, it's the reverse. So when the peaks is up, right? You again, you got to look at the stock market. You got to look at the Fed. The Fed comes out. He starts mm-hmm. talking. Listen to mm-hmm. the words. Yep. He will yep. say certain things that he's going to say. You're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> this shit is going to keep on going up. It's a mm-hmm. it's a certain way he speaks to everybody, right? Yeah. When he's there announcing what's going on, he's saying the next six months, the next year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2023, we're going to do this. We have to bring another point, another 25 basis point. Listen, I don't know shit. I play dumb. Let me listen. Mm-hmm. T- teach me. 
Because mm-hmm. that guy is the one that's running the, the United States yeah. right now, right? I'm gonna tell you something I learned the other day from him because I sat there and I watched an interview that he that he um in the Wall Street Journal on on YouTube, and he, I learned something and I want to share it with the listeners. And you probably know this: the best indication of what the Feds he's talking about himself about that's what right. we the, yeah. the Feds are gonna do with interest rate is watch what the two year Treasury is doing. He says, if the two-year treasury is trending up, that means that we are most likely going to increase the interest rates. If the two-year treasury, the two-year treasury, I was like, holy shit, like, that's awesome information for me. And um, just yesterday in my financial newsletter, there was a whole article on the two-year treasury talking about how the two-year treasury is trending up. And then today, the interest rates, the 10-year treasury, which you know is a, what, what dictates a, a t- the 30-year mortgage, mm-hmm. is the highest it's been this year. It's at 3.124 or something like that. So if you try to get lock in a rate today, um, as we record this podcast, that interest rate is through the roof. So yeah, the two-year treasury, something I want to just share with the listeners, the two, watch the two-year, ask per Jerome Powell, not me. I'm just learning. I'm like right. you. I'm just learning, listening to this guy because- I'm a little guy just trying to trying to try to try to um I'm just a little guy playing the game and I gotta model what the big guys are doing and what they're saying. So you know why even you guys that, like though? you listening to you and learning from you, right? Hmm? And there's a reason why he said that, right? What do you think okay. the reason is? Warning us, pay attention. It's also the term that the president's in now. He's out when? And in two years. Two years. <laughs> in two years, he's out. So they can only mm. do the job up until two years from now. Then a new whole new administration is coming in. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different story that's coming up. So whoever yeah. becomes the president in two years from now, whoever it might be, because I'm not going to get into political shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they take over. So they'll yeah. know how they're going to destroy or bring this back up. Yeah. So he can only predict for the next two years because the administration can only control for the next two years. Two years. That makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Is yeah? that? This administration, before you know it, when they're going into the third and they're going to be going into their fourth term, they start to lose power for what they do, they do. Mm-hmm. But in two years from now, we'll have a new president. I'm guaranteeing you. This Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm, I'm, let me, I'm going to say it publicly. I hope so, because this guy's not good for business. No. He's no, not he, good for business. He's not good for, the, in my humble opinion, this particular, and it's not about party, just the individual's policies. Right. This individual's policies has not, in my opinion, been good for inflation, um, for business, for the working class. I, I just don't think he's been good for 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 our country. That's my opinion. We could still be friends. It's just an opinion. I'm That's not it. 100% right. And, and everything I say, I'm often wrong. It's just, um, just my thought on it. My friend, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad. How can people get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? How can... Where can people find you? Um, I know that you're doing some things on social media. Um, I'm I'm looking to do some things with you in the future, right? Uh, yeah. Two Latinos working together and you're just doing some things. So I, I, I just started because I was supposed to write a book. And one of my sons told me, hey, Papa, forget about the book. You got to go to social media. So under Humberto Lopes, my name, L-O-P-E-S, because then it's not a Z. So under Humberto Lopes, you will find me. On all the platforms, you know, uh, HL Dynasty is the real estate company that I have. So you'll have YouTube, uh, Humberto Lopes, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all the. I'm learning. I'm learning social media. It's amazing how I'm learning how this operates and how people have Bugattis and, you know, $100,000 watch. But we'll talk about that some other time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those are the fools, right? Uh, but my social platform now is growing. Uh, I have a bunch of YouTube uh, uh, videos out already that I teach already real estate. I started with the little stuff. You can find me on YouTube under Humberto, H-U-M-B-E-R-T-O. My name is with an O at the end, uh, H-U-M-B-E-R-T-O. And then my last name is L-O-P-E-S, not a Z. You will not find me. So when you look for that on all the social platforms, you'll find me. Um, you'll see that also um, they'll jump to each one, I guess, right? My thing that I'm going to do now, and, you know, I've been so successful. I've been so blessed. So it's time for me to continue on what I want to do is to uh, reach out to a lot of young Latinos and the adults. 
we have this mindset of, oh, no, no, esto va a coger muchos años. Well, no, you're mm-hmm. going to spend three years in college or five years in college. You, 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 you close the doors too fast. You know what I mean? So I'm going to have different um, videos on that to open up the people's mind. And I want to start with the 12-year-old, the 13-year-old, that he can open up his eyes and his minds now. You know what I mean? And then go to the adults because the apple don't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so much that I've done in life that I have success already that I've done. So whatever I say is I already own it. I own it already. I've done it already. Uh, I watch what I say on certain things. Uh Before I, I have it, I won't talk about it. I'll wait until I have it. It's just my own sense of things. I have videos on that. Where I call it snakes in the grass. Where tú mm. habla mucho, en la persona que tú hablando, te jodiste. He mm. does something, he, t- he twists it. He, I, I, there's a story on that there too. But I've already started my social platforms. Um, I would love for people to come in, give me suggestions, email me in the social platforms that I have. Uh, mm-hmm. I reach out to a lot of people. I'm humble. I know what it is not to eat. So as, as wealthy as I am, I'm very wealthy. I'm very blessed. There's shit that I have that people are just shocked. I'm low key. I'm not the guy that you'll see flashing everything and, you know, driving a Maserati or Bugatti or coming off a helicopter. Ah, that's okay. I don't need that. Not that I can't have it, but I want to teach people that that's a fantasy sometimes. You know what I mean, don't look at that. Let's look at the stepping stones. So I want to educate people a lot, especially the Latino community. I just feel that, Konya, where are we? Where are you at? Where are you not listening? And then I feel, I realize now, and, and this is why I was glad to meet you also. I was very appreciative. It's because we don't have role models. We're mm-hmm. looking at role models that are, Konya, who are you looking at that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a singer. He's an actor. You know what I'm saying? Or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I respect everybody, Right. And I'm, I'm humble to everybody, but let's go with actual advice, actual person. I am the Puerto Rican Warren Buffett. That's the way I look at it. People already Beautiful. said that to me. I love it. I love it. I'm the Puerto Rican Warren Buffett. I'm not, not and saying that this is, no, I got shit to back it up. That's the beauty. Whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'll show you the backup. I'll walk you to the buildings and then you do, you young guys can Google it. Who owns that property? You'll see a corporation name because I don't have nothing in my name. Everything's corporations because I protect myself. I ain't stupid. No mm-hmm. soy pendejo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I ain't letting nobody snake come in and take anything from me, right? Mm-hmm. So I have so much to give and so much, uh, how do you call it, energy, the positive vibe that I'm going to give to my Latinos. They're going to wake up when I talk to them. They're going to realize, coño, let's go. Let's do this. Let's sell sneakers. Let's st- open the bodega back up. You know what I mean? Let's let's open up a, 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 a ophthalmology. Let's go to school for this. To lift everybody up to say, bro, we can do this more than any other nationality. We have a blessing that we have the ability to do so much. We can lend, we can borrow money in so many ways. You know what I mean? But we don't take that advantage. We don't take those opportunities. We have so much opportunities out there that is sad. So, yeah, I'm going to wake people up. That's what my job is right now. God's given me to say, wake these people up. Let's get them up. Let's lift them up. Let's go forward. And that's what it is. But you can follow me on my social media. Trust me, you got. You need a, a, advice. Remember that word, not opinion. Advice. I'm going to give you advice. And if I don't know it, I will not tell you because I don't know it. And I will tell you I don't know it. So questions from a one family to a mini skyscraper, mini high rise, talk to me. Because I'm going to the skyscraper now. I'm going to the bigger building. But everything below that, I'm here for everybody. When winter's here and things are really hard and people are, because it's coming, right? I think that- Yeah, yeah, yeah. The storm is coming. Yeah, the storm is coming. And I teach people, the, 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 the little method that I say to people is, listen, when there's a storm out there and it's a blizzard, not a storm, a blizzard, right? Do you go outside? Negative. No. No. So stay back and hold up. That's money. It's a mm-hmm. blizzard coming, right? Know when to spend the money. Know when to invest. And that's what I want to teach people. That when that storm and that blizzard passes, wow, look what I got to show for it. Yeah. Look what I did. 
And I'm, I'm talking about not me. I'm referring to the people. Because yeah. they'll have the knowledge that I've had to know how to hold on. Now we do this. Now we do that. Now we do that. I Baby steps. Crawl, walk, run. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Um, guys, you've been listening and watching to Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast. Guys, take heed to what this man just said. Everything he said is just, it just he just gave it. Not only did he give it to you, but he gave it to you from the heart. Um, he's real. He's sincere. I can tell. I feel it, right? I feel it in this interview. You're going to be watching this after it's recorded, and uh, you may be watching this in the future, but this is a genuine person, um, a lot like him, where I vibe people and energy, and he mentioned that a little bit ago. Next time I have him on, I'm going to have him back on here, and we're going to talk about mindset. That's a whole other conversation, and I want to have that conversation with him. So guys, thank you again for watching, listening. Really, really appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys soon. Humberto, gracias, hermano. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com. Mm-hmm.